Today's reading is taken from the book of Exodus, chapter 3 to chapter 4, verse 17. Moses and the burning bush. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face, because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now, go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever the name by which I am to be remembered from generation to generation. Go assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, appeared to me and said, I have watched over you and have seen what has been done to you in Egypt, and I have promised to bring you up out of your misery in Egypt into the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites and Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. 
the elders of Israel will listen to you. Then you and the elders are to go to the king of Egypt and say to him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us. Let us take a three-day journey into the desert to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand compels him. So I will stretch out my hand and strike the Egyptians with all the wonders that I will perform among them. After that, he will let you go. And I will make the Egyptians favourably disposed towards this people, so that when you leave, you will not go empty-handed. Every woman is to ask her neighbour, and any woman living in her house, for articles of silver and gold, and for clothing, which you will put on your sons and daughters. And so you will plunder the Egyptians. Chapter 4. Signs for Moses. Moses answered, What if they do not believe me, or listen to me, and say, The Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, Throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground, and it became a snake, and he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, Reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake, and it turned back into a staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. Then the Lord said, Put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand into his cloak, and when he took it out, it was leprous like snow. Now put it back into your cloak, he said. So Moses put his hand back into his cloak, and when he took it out, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. Then the Lord said, If they do not believe you, or pay attention to the first miraculous sign, they may believe the second. But if they do not believe these two signs, or listen to you, take some water from the Nile and pour it out on the dry ground. The water you take from the river will become blood on the ground. Moses said to the Lord, O oh Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, Who gave man his mouth? Who makes him deaf or mute? Who gives him sight or makes him blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. But Moses said, Oh Lord, please send someone else to do it. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses and he said, What about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know he can speak well. He is already on his way to meet you and his heart will be glad when he sees you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak 
and teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you, and it will be as if he were your mouth, and as if you were God to him. But take this staff in your hand, so that you can perform miraculous signs with it. May the Lord bless this reading of his word. Thank you, Naomi, for reading for us. Let's pray before we look at this story today. Lord Jesus, thank you that your word is alive. We pray by the power of your Holy Spirit that as we study your word now, you would open our hearts to hear you speak. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Last week, Mike talked to us about the further education that the young man Moses had to go through after he finished his formal Egyptian education. After murdering an Egyptian, Moses fled to Midian, where he became a shepherd, formerly a prince of Egypt who had a vision to save his people, but he ends up a shepherd, a nobody in the middle of nowhere, with a past that has crippled him, a broken man. And we find him in our story today, 40 years on, and as his conversation with God will show us, he's just as broken. He's been serving Jethro, looking after his flock for all of these years, perhaps even beginning to think about his retirement. But on this particular day, as he faithfully cares for the sheep, he's in the right place at the right time for God to grab his attention and call him to something new. Moses is faithful in the ordinary. God breaks through that with the extraordinary. It reminds me of when Jesus tells us to be faithful with the small things, the ordinary, so that we will then also be faithful and be ready for the big things. God can grab our attention in the ordinary, everyday lives that we live as we are faithful with the small things, just as that day he grabbed Moses's. It was certainly dramatic. In the midst of the ordinary, this extraordinary things ha thing happens, with the bush on fire but not burning up, and the angel of the Lord appearing in the middle of it. And then God speaks. And what follows is remarkable. Moses has a long conversation with God. He starts by reminding Moses of exactly who he, that is God, is. The unchanging God who was faithful and trustworthy for Moses' father, for Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. As he did for them, he would do for Moses and he does for us. He called them into the unknown. He overcame impossible odds to keep his promises. He stuck with them when they tried and failed and he took even the most unpromising lives and transformed them. Having reminded Moses of all of this, God goes on to outline this task of unimaginable magnitude and difficulty that he's come to call Moses to, to do, to rescue his people from Egypt. One man against a superpower, not even any man, but one who in Moses' own eyes was already a proven failure certainly no superhero. So how does our man Moses respond? We're going to look at five things that Moses says in reaction to God's call and the ways that God responds to him. So firstly, 
When God outlines the task to Moses, his reaction is, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? Or in other words, what, me? It's as if this a mind-blowing call from God on Moses' life just reminds him of the failure he's been and of all his faults, insecurities and doubts. He's immediately, even in the presence of God, focused inwards, looking at himself. I wonder if that rings true for any of us. When God calls us to do something difficult, how often do we go straight to think about how we can't do it? how we've messed up or got things wrong. We look inward and not at God. Amazingly, despite this inward focus, God does not rebuke Moses. He responds with tenderness and understanding. In God's graciousness, he doesn't deny Moses' inadequacies or sweep them under the carpet. Neither does he promise to take away his anxieties or give Moses supernatural boldness. Nor does he ever say that the task will be easy. But when Moses says, I can't so I won't, God says, you can't, but I will. God promised his presence as adequate for the inadequate man who he was calling to obedience. We too, in ourselves, are often inadequate in so many ways. We've failed, we're weak, we make mistakes, we doubt. And often that means we make excuses or consider ourselves unworthy to be called by God. But when our identity is in Christ, when we put our trust in him, we can rely on his adequacy so that we can do the things he calls us to do. The point is, it isn't about our abilities, but about God's. It isn't our task, it's always God's, and he calls us to join him in it. God didn't promise to suddenly transform Moses into the perfect man for the job. Although over years of obedience, that transformation happened slowly. He promised that his presence would be enough. He called Moses to obey not based on his own ideas of his sufficiency for the job, but on God's sufficiency. He said, trust me. But Moses continues on with his objections to what seems like a crazy plan, still focusing inwardly and on his own inadequacy. I won't know what to say to convince the Israelite leaders. I think it's often a fear we all have when it comes to speaking out about our faith or when God tells us to say something, especially if it's as radical as what Moses was being called to say. We worry and stress about what words we should use. So God reminds Moses of who he is, the great I am, the God of their ancestors. Suffice to say, he tells Moses to remind the Israelites of their history and of who it is that has called Moses. Luke records Jesus' teaching that the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say the moment you need them. So just as Moses needed to trust God to speak through him, so do we. God says, trust me. But Moses' objections and questions continue. What if the Egyptians don't believe or listen to me? 
I think he's still holding on to that sense of failure because of what happened 40 years ago when he tried to save his people. Isn't it amazing how patient God is with him and also with us? He wants to hear our questions and our objections. He doesn't discard them as futile. And to be fair to Moses, the task he was being called to would be a difficult one to say the least. Again, God responds with graciousness and understanding. This time by giving Moses three signs and wonders, both to amaze the Egyptians, but also at this point to teach Moses. A wonder is something that stops people in their tracks and a sign points to the truth. Later on in this series, Mike is going to explain more, more detail about why these signs were particularly startling to the Egyptians. But today I want to focus more on what God was saying to Moses through them. Firstly, he tells Moses to throw his staff to the ground and immediately it becomes a deadly cobra. And then, amazingly, God commands him to grab it by the tail. And when he obeys, it's transformed back to a staff. How terrifying would that be? I've seen a few cobras in my time and my natural instinct is always to run in the other direction. Some people, however, do know how to pick up a cobra and they will tell you that you must pick it up by the head because if you don't, the head will whip round and strike with its deadly venom. In Egypt, the cobra was a powerful religious and political symbol. So victory over the snake in this, is this, in this sign from God was a direct challenge to Egyptian religion and authority. For Moses, grabbing the tail was an act of foolish obedience and courage. A sign from God that obedience is the path to victory. God says, trust me. Secondly, Moses tell, God tells Moses to put his hand in his coat. And when he takes it out, it's leprous. He puts it back in his coat and when he takes it out the second time, it's back to normal. Leprosy was common in Egypt. It was incurable and held great stigma. This sign showed Moses that God could transform the place of contamination in this inadequate man into the place of renewal and restoration. The old Moses was to become a new Moses, no longer imprisoned by what he'd been or even what he still was. God said, trust me to restore you and make you new. Thirdly, the river, river Nile was the heart of Egypt's existence. In this last sign, God says that Moses is to go and take water from the Nile, pour it onto the ground and it will become blood. This shows that God's power is victorious over the power of the enemy. Even a weak man like Moses could control Egypt by acting in obedience to God. God says, Trust me. So through these three signs, God has said, I have the power to transform, to renew and to conquer. And your obedience is the channel through which all this power flows. Trust me. These signs and wonders were God's way of reminding Moses that, yes, Moses versus Egypt would be a disaster. 
Alone he would have no hope, and Pharaoh would never believe him or listen to him. But if he obeyed God, if he joined God in this God's work, then God would mobilise his power and resources, and the outcome could be totally transformed. And yet, Moses continues to object. I'm no good at public speaking. I can't do it. Despite the signs and wonders, despite all that God has said, the excuses keep coming. God is so patient and he responds in two ways. Firstly, he reminds Moses that God gives us everything, including our mouths and our voices, and that God could perfectly easily equip Moses with what he needs to do the task. But then secondly, God sends Aaron, Moses's brother, to help him speak. It's neither Moses's incompetence or, Mer or Aaron's competence that are important. God says, I will help both of you speak and I will teach both of you what to do. God is in control. He says, I see your weaknesses and your needs and I will meet them. Trust me. So having graciously addressed all of Moses's objections, God says, now go, only to have Moses say something to the effect of, please send someone else, I can't, or I'd rather not. It seems that this is the straw that broke the camel's back and roused God's anger. In fact, it's probably that the translation should have been more Moses saying rather grumpily and begrudgingly, oh, have it your way or suit yourself. No wonder God was annoyed. God calls us to live lives of obedience and trust and is outraged when we reply with a direct or even a concealed refusal. And after everything God has said and shown Moses, he still isn't getting what God wants to communicate. Stop looking at yourself and focus on me. I love that chorus that goes, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth, the fears, the anxieties, the insecurities, the failures, the doubts, the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. How often do we need to hear that when we feel inadequate for a task? Look at me the one who is calling you. Trust me. So, five reactions to God's call and five responses from God. As God's man to lead the people out of Egypt, Moses was an extraordinarily bad choice. Insecure, weak, impetuous, defensive, inadequate, unwilling, broken. Yet God chose him and called him. So in the light of God's call, these failings are irrelevant. And the same applies to us too. When God calls us to a task, however big or small, he already knows us through and through, and yet still calls. He calls us to join him in his work. It's not our task, but his. What an honour to be invited to be called to join God. When we respond to God in obedience, he will be there 
self-revealing, promise-making, victorious, transforming, superior to every enemy, creator and provider. The ultimate call to Moses then, and to us therefore, is, do you trust me? Are we ready to respond? Yes, I can't do it, but you can, so I will. Let us pray. Lord God, thank you for your word. Help us to say yes. Amen.